This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. So why do seagulls live near the sea? Because if they live near the bay, they'd be bagels. Welcome to Wings and Things, where you'll find real answers to real questions about everything you want to know about pet birds. Care, feeding, bird products, travel, and more. Everything to make your frequent flyer a happy camper. From parrots to parakeets, cockatiels to cockatoos, you'll have a bird's eye view of everything there is to know about your fun, feathered friends. So, spread your wings and get ready to fly with your Wings and Things host, bird expert and author, Susan Chamberlain. Hi, welcome to Pet Life Radio. This is Susan Chamberlain, your host of Wings and Things. During this segment, we welcome Miss Roberta Fabiano and her mitre conure ratchet on the show. Welcome, Roberta. Welcome, Susan. What's more? We're going to be doing a household safety audit during um, the first part of the program. Then we're going to introduce you to Feather Brains, the first bird-brained quiz game. We're going to have some fun with that. See if you can answer some questions, and you can play right along with us. We're going to have a species spotlight featuring cockatoos, and then we will see if Ratchet has anything to say to us. Do you have anything to say today, Ratchet? Ratchet, come on, get over here. Come here. Would you like, like to say hello? Come on, sing. Say hello. Ask Susan what's up. What's up? Let's go, what's up? Well, there she is chattering away. You know, if if you want to see Ratchet and Roberta, just go to YouTube and check out Parrots Forever. That's P-A-R-R-O-T-S, the number four, E-V-E-R. And you'll see Ratchet acting like a little rock star, flinging her guitar around. And you'll also hear Roberta singing some of her original songs. Roberta is also the lead vocalist and guitarist with the legendary Peter Duchin Orchestra. She is mom to Ratchet, the mitered conure. And uh, Roberta's song, uh, Dogen, Connor, and Tupelo, is featured on the video of the Wild Parrots of Telegraph Hill. You can hear the song on YouTube, and you can also sample it on Roberta's own website, www.robertafabiano.com. That's R-O-B-E-R-T-A-F-A-B-I-A-N-O.com. Okay, Roberta, you know what? Let's talk a little bit about safety. You know, the other day, I went downstairs holding Bogart, my Red Lord Amazon, and I hardly noticed that the ceiling fan was actually spinning below us because we were up above it. Now, Bogart's a very stable bird, but as we moved downward, it dawned on me that he was in danger. What if I had stumbled, or what if a hawk or crow had suddenly landed on one of the skylights above the staircase? Right. Yeah, he could have taken off in a panic, and he would have gone only in one direction, down, possibly That's into right, the... That's because he's clipped. Yeah. 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 And, you know, even if he wasn't clipped, he's pretty heavy. He's like a, you know... He, How heavy is he? Oh, Bogart is probably over 600 grams, which is pretty wow. heavy for an Amazon parrot. Uh-huh. But then Bogart doesn't um, eat to live. He lives to eat. <laughs> But, you know, I, I just, that's one of the things that you might not always think of. You know, you think of birds flying up into a fan, not falling down into wow. one. 
So I made a mental note to be sure that the fan was off the next time I was carrying one of them down the stairs. Right, right. Yeah. I don't blame you. You know, they're like two-year-old kids when it comes to their surroundings. Right. They want to try everything, mm-hmm. and they could get spooked and fly off. You know, that's an obvious danger. Yes, absolutely. When I lived in Florida, though, I used to babysit for a peach-faced lovebird named Rosie, and I used to keep her in a guest room and let her fly around and i'd always turn the ceiling fan off rosie would fly right up to the ceiling fan and jump from blade to blade to make the fan spin around (laughs) yeah it was really cute but you know it's one of those things you know in in warmer climates you leave your fans on all year so you don't think about it but let's start now yeah birds out fans off right you got it i know what are some of the safety precautions you've taken with ratchet around the house I have to think about that. I don't usually leave fans on. I do have a couple mm-hmm. of fans, but I don't, um, especially in her room, there is a fan. But I, I make sure she's locked in the cage when I have that on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've got all kinds of things around here. You have your own recording studio. We are recording this in Roberta's very own recording studio. So Ratchet's sitting here with us with all these wires and right. microphones and everything else. She doesn't usually chew on wires, no. so that's good. Oh, that's a good thing. Yeah. But, you know, I, I guess supervision is the key. Uh-huh. Ratchet's kind of a Velcro bird anyway. She, <laughs> ju- she just sticks to you, yeah. you know. Yeah. And But windows, I mean, you know, open windows are uh-huh. an obvious danger because birds can escape. But closed windows, you know, um, birds can fly into a closed window and be hurt. Right. That's if they're not clipped. But, right. Uh, Actually, if I open the window in my house, I have uh, screens. Yeah, well, yeah, screens are I very important. I think that's important. a good idea to keep screens on your window. Yeah, right? I, th- I think it's very important, too. But, you know, I mean, I've gone into some New York City apartments up on high floors, and they don't have screens. Bugs are not safe or anything. No, it really isn't. But I guess, you know, with bugs, are not an issue. Although, gosh, I'm worried about pigeons flying in there, yeah, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Or even peregrine falcons in New York City. I know. (laughs) Wouldn't it? Someone told me about a week ago, you know how how we're always afraid putting we put up decals in our big windows so the wild birds don't fly into them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very important, uh, especially, you know, if the sun hits your window at a certain angle. It just looks clear. Birds think they can fly through it. That's right. So, um, I just heard a terrible story from somebody. They said uh, a hawk flew into their window and didn't stop. The window broke and the hawk kept coming. Oh, my gosh. I know. It was like flying so around. Happened? It was flying around <gasps> the house. She was like screaming and finally got the hawk out of there. Was the hawk harmed at all? Dina? She doesn't know. It flew out. Whoa. I mean, it was a big hawk. Those are dangerous. Wow. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah, I guess it could be. We'd think it's exciting. Most most people wouldn't. (laughs) But, um, you know, I I think clipping birds' wings is sometimes controversial. But um, I I need to say that I am in favor of clipping their birds' wings because I think the, um, you know, any detriment to the bird is overcome if the bird has a strong relationship Mm -hmm. with its pet human right and you know the risk of escape and injury are just too great and we have to make sure they're not clipped too short because then the bird if he's trying to hover or not, just hop down from yeah the he bird, can't glide he, you he'll need. hit his mm-hmm. and, and and 
harm himself. That happened to my nanday. Yeah, you need to you need to have a good professional clip the wings and leave enough so the bird can lie down a little bit. Right. But you know, even a clipped bird can chew through window screens. So make sure those screens are in good repair. Right. And I think supervision is the key. Supervise your mm-hmm. bird whenever it's out of its cage. Right. And keep toilet bowl lids down. Right. And because it, even with the toilet bowl when you flush, you have to make sure you close it, right? Uh, I would, you know. I mean, if you have little birds, I know someone who lets her lovebirds fly all around the house. I mean, they're pretty small. How do you find them? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They could certainly hide. But, um, you know, a chewable household hazards include electrical wires, lead curtain weights, wow. toxic house plants, painted or stained wood objects, cigarettes. We don't oh. want no cigarettes around here anyway. Oh. Medicines, cosmetics, cleaning products, leather treatments. Um, I think a good rule is if you wouldn't eat it yourself or permit a human baby to eat it, mm-hmm. keep it away from your bird. And also avocado and chocolate. Oh, yeah, avocado and chocolate, no good for birds. No good. No. Uh, no I know people that argue that, though. They're I birds. Know. Well, I, I wouldn't go. No, why take a chance? If you're going to err, err on the side of caution. Right. Um, one thing very interesting, though, is that African birds seem more effective by avocado toxicity than South American birds really? do. And it really makes sense. Avocados grow in South America, not in Africa. Oh, so maybe... They well, I still wouldn't Florida, take a chance. Too. No, I wouldn't take a chance either. No, 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 no. never. So no avocados. Yes. Got bird, no avocado. Right. Um, one time a parrot rescue volunteer responded to a call about an African gray that had escaped during a fire. And the daughter had lit a candle in her bedroom and a curtain went up and, you know, the rest is history. But they got the gray out, but he escaped when he was being transferred into a carrier. So um, when I got home, I counted the pillowcases. I keep pillowcases under the bird's cages in case of emergency. You know, if there's a fire, you can put a bird right in the pillowcase and get it out of the house. And the fabric will block at least some of the smoke. Using a pillowcase is often easier than trying to work a carrier in an emergency. And you can transfer the bird to a cage or carrier later when you're in a secure, escape-proof area. But um, that story had a happy ending. The bird was found across the street under a car. Yes, alive. Yeah, alive. All right, good. Alive and Not well. under the wheels Yeah, that of the was car. good. But, you know, have a plan. I think right. you need to have a plan uh, in any case. Right. And um, if you prefer to use a carrier for your emergencies, keep it readily accessible. Um, be sure you can open and close the door without fumbling. Be sure your smoke alarms and carbon monoxide alarms are working in your home and use candles very carefully if you use right. them at all don't use the scented ones no don't use scented candles around your birds because they can be sensitive to some of the aromatic oils in the um scented candles and then what about fireplaces do we talk about that uh fireplaces well um uh, fireplaces generally vent outside but mm. if you have a smoky wood fire going i would relocate your bird to another area of the house i mean you know how you feel yourself when you've got all that wood smoke going on it kind of dries out your throat makes you sneeze people with asthma are often bothered by wood fires so um i, I would keep the bird out of the room of with a fireplace in it if you're doing a lot of um burning wood 
Ratchet seems to agree with that. Yes. But then, you know, you don't want to be burning wood and have the bird in a room right up above that room because the right. air will just go right up there. So just, bird, do, Are birds smart enough to, to know not to fly into a fireplace? Well, you know, that that's really... Um, a good question because, you know, in the wild, birds are smart enough to fly away from fire. Mm-hmm. In our homes, it's a, it's a whole different thing. They have a whole, you know, while they have some of their um, natural instincts, um, you would think that they would be smart enough, but their perspective is different in a home. So make sure you use the fireplace screen. Don't take a chance or yeah. keep your bird in its cage if you've got the fireplace on. Right. You know, why why take a chance? It's just not worth it. I met someone that had a pot of boiling water on the stove, and her bird flew into it. Now, uh, how how could a bird just not well, know any better? And well, fly the bird in? doesn't know that that's a pot of boiling water. It doesn't feel the heat. Well, it might not feel the heat until it's too late, and it might not make the connection that the heat is coming from there. You know, birds in the wild don't live around hot springs. They don't know to to avoid that. Well, the bird survived, though. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. The feathers must have protected it. Yeah. Certainly um, very, very important, very scary. So when you're cooking, cover those pots. Keep your bird in its cage. Don't use Teflon. No, don't use Teflon. Well, Teflon's a brand name. Oh, right, but... Te- so Teflon's a biggie. You don't want to use Teflon or any other non-stick cookware. Right. I know appliances. we've said that before, but we can't say it enough. No, we have to say it during every program at least once. Yes. That um, non-stick cookware and appliances are coated with um, a product that contains polytetrafluoroethylene. When it's heated, it emits fumes that will kill birds quickly you know um one of our bird club members had a strange experience um with her birds one of her love birds got her foot tangled up in heavyweight paper towels you know we think that it's a really safe cage liner but the bird had chewed holes in the toweling and got the paper just wrapped around her leg so um what happened well, she she was able to get it off. The owner was able to get it off. But if she hadn't been home, mm-hmm. you know, the bird might have lost a leg or been horribly stressed or whatever. But the heavy-duty paper towels don't rip easily. Uh, I'll tell you, the other thing with my Nanda is that I had a a blanket, oh, sort of a wool, woolen type mm-hmm. of woven blanket over mm-hmm. its cage at night. And that was not good, I learned. No, I, well, they can get their feet caught in the, their toes caught in the, that, in the that loops. That happened to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, you know, not a really um, good thing. Use something smooth, like a nice smooth cotton um, cage cover, like a sheet. That'll work nicely. Yes. You know, birds will probably eventually make their own holes in it, and then you can just replace it. Mm-hmm. But... Um, you have to be careful. You know, there's some dangers you can't see, too. Vi- viruses, bacteria, molds. You know, keep a separate cutting board for mm-hmm. your bird's fresh fruit and vegetables. Disinfect your counters mm-hmm. regularly. Change your dish towels daily. Mm-hmm. And um, use disinfectant on sponges and cloths when you wipe off counters. You know, it's good for your bird and it's good for you. It's just, you know, safe food handling. And aerosols, powders, and other chemicals dispersed right. into the air. Not good for your bird. 
Okay. Use them behind closed doors. And automobile air fresheners, you know, if you had the little green Ooh. Christmas tree in the car Ooh, never. <laughs> that stinks up the car. That makes me sick. You know, if you'll be transporting your bird, make sure you don't have one of those in your car because those stink. And car rental companies, they might use fabric freshening Ooh, products inside their automobiles. So, you know, be very careful if, you, if you're renting a car and, and you've got your bird with you. You know, just ask for a hypoallergenic car. That would be that would probably be a good thing. And non-smoking hotel rooms. Yes. Take a take a look around your house. You know, imagine as I do an Amazon uprising, <laughs> or a band of marauding macaws moving through the rooms, curious cockatiels and carpenter cockatoos, and do your own safety audit. Assess the potential for damage to your house and danger to your birds. There's no way you'll ever be able to remove every hazard from your home. Someday a reader's going to um, call in or email and tell me about a parrot that's cold cocked itself with a ping pong ball. You know, that's always something. If they if, if there's trouble to be found, they will find it. And I bet. And it's up to us to keep them safe. They're like three-year-olds, don't forget. That's what they are, forever and ever. Okay, we'll be right back with Feather Brains. We're going to take a short break and get ready for the first bird-brained quiz game. Sitting on a branch overlooking the parking lot, the pigeons watched as a Mercedes pulled in below them. What do you think, one bird said to the other. Should we put a deposit on that car? Stay perched. Wings and Things will be soaring back right after these messages. What if you could protect the life of your cat with something so simple and affordable that you already use every day? Get ready for the evolution of kitty litter. It's Pretty Litter. Along with all the features you've come to expect from your kitty litter, Pretty Litter's patented and scientific formula will also monitor your cat's health and detect illnesses early while providing industry-leading odor control. Two kitty litters, same cat, same price. But there's one important difference. Pretty Litter reacts to your cat's waste by detecting health issues simply by changing color. And the key is that Pretty Litter detects these issues before your cat shows symptoms of physical illness or pain, likely saving you major dollars in vet bills while protecting the health of your cat. What do you think, little guy? Ready to switch litter? Pretty Litter. Colorful insight into your cat's health. Go to prettylittercats.com forward slash cat 101 or use coupon code cat 101 to get 20% off your first subscription order. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. A Frenchman walks into a bar with a parrot on his shoulder. The bartender asks, where did you get that thing? The parrot replies, in France. There are millions of them. Don't have a canary. Wings and Things is back with more great words on birds with your host, Susan Chamberlain. Welcome back to Wings and Things right here on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Susan Chamberlain. We're joined by Roberta Fabiano and Miter Conure Ratchet. And we are about to play Feather Brains. This is the first bird-brained quiz game, and we're just going to see if Roberta's going to be thrown out of the nest, <laughs> if she's the weakest beak here, oh. or 
if she knows the answers. They're all multiple choice, so just play right along with us. Can I have Ratchet answer for me? You can have Ratchet answer for you. Okay, okay Ratchet. Yeah. There she goes. There she goes. Some birds are hybrids. The definition of a hybrid is a mutant, a cross between two different species, or cousin Ed. I think it's more like, uh, no, I, I won't say it. <laughs> I have a brother. No. Um, <laughs> I think it's, um, the hybrid is the cross between two different species. You're right, Roberta. It is a cross between two different species. An example is the Catalina macaw. But we're not so sure about Cousin Ed. <laughs> okay, now for our next question. Which bird is not a species of parrot? The kia, the kaka, or the cherry-headed condor? Well, let's see. Hmm, a kia. Depends on how it's spelled because there's a car by the same name. But oh, well, this is K-E-A. Oh, 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 oh okay. <laughs> no, there is a kia. I know that. Um the one thing I know doesn't exist is a cherry-headed condor. So that's my answer. Okay. Well, you're absolutely right. There is no such thing as a cherry-headed condor. Kias and kakas, however, are related to parrots, and they're members of the genus Nestor. They're native to New Zealand, and the kaka is extinct. And that's spelled K-A-K-A. -A. What did that look like? You know, I don't even know. I don't know that I even saw a picture of it. But key is a great big brown birds with hooked bills, and they cause all kinds of damage. When um, people drive into parks where they are, they steal the windshield wipers off their cars, <laughs> and they've even been known to chew on tires and flatten them. <laughs> they, they don't, yeah, they don't fly, so how do they get on top of cars? Well, I think they fly like turkeys do. They hop, oh, they flightless. jump. Parrots. I don't know. I don't know that they would that they would climb. We'll ha we'll have to look that up yeah. and and put that in a later show. Okay. But I did see some video on. Um, I think I'm not sure if it was the Look Who's Talking video, but they showed some Kias and they were on top of a car and they were just stripping. It had a vinyl roof on it, and and they were just stripping the vinyl right from the car. Oh my. Okay, question number three. Okay. To prevent a bird from flying, you must clip its sear, primary flight feathers, or greater underwing coverts. I say B, the primary fight, flight feathers. Say but that I, fast three times. Uh, primary flight feathers. But I'm not <laughs> going to do any more. <laughs> the sear is the skin around the nostrils, and the underwing covert feathers are small and short and do not enable flight. So, yes, Roberta, the primary flight feathers oh, is the good. correct answer. Sure you are doing good. great. Right. Okay, the Alexandrine parakeet is so named because it was kept as a pet by Alex Trebek, Alexander the Great, Alexandra de Markov. Well, I don't think uh, Alex Trebek has been around long enough for a parakeet to have been named. So I think Alexander the Great. Okay, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Alexander the Great had Alexandrian parakeets. They were brought to him by explorers to the east. Ah. Next question. Yes. This parrot, an occasional visit to the American Southwest, is the subject of a reintroduction program in New Mexico. Is it the great-billed parrot? The thick-billed parrot, 
or the red-spotted racket-tailed parrot? Wow. I don't really know, but I, I'm going to take a wild guess that it's B, the thick-billed parrot. You are right. The thick-billed parrot, a former resident visitor to the Southwest, has been released in limited numbers in the U.S. Oh, that's great. Breeding in the wild has not, however, been noted in the United States. The only reason I thought it was that, because you and I went to the Queen's uh, Zoo. Yes. Wasn't it the Mm -hmm. zoo? And we saw them there. We did. And they're still there, so I wanted to go there. Yes, it's the it's the Queen's Zoo in Corona, New York. Isn't it in Corona? Yes, it's Flushing right. It's Flushing or, or Corona. It's by the Flushing. Old World's Fair uh-huh. area. And and it's just a lovely zoo, and they have a beautiful thick-billed parrots exhibit. Yes, and a great aviary you can walk through. They do, and they have really nice thick-billed parrots T-shirts, too. Yes, I bought they one. they do, so die. Okay, next question. Yes. Some birds are sexually dimorphic. This means... They are sterile, or you can tell male from female by looking at them, or you're likely to see them on late night cable TV. (laughs) (laughs) Who came up with that one? (laughs) Um, No, I think that. Well, we we don't have a writer's strike here. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good thing. Okay. So uh, I think it's B because. I know with the eclectus that they, uh, you can, that's the only parrot I know that you can definitely tell the difference because the male is a certain color and the female is. So uh, that, uh, dimorphic is the word, I think. Yes, it is. That means you are right again. You can tell male from female by physical characteristics such as beak or feather color or the markings. The eclectus parrot is a great example. The female is bright red with a bluish purplish chest and the, and the male is like this Beautiful, beautiful, brilliant green. Mm-hmm. Um, Senegal parrots also are sexually dimorphic. Oh, I didn't know that. You know my two little Senegals? Yeah. Well, if you look at the male, the feathers, uh, the vent feathers on the male are a gold color, mm-hmm. and the vent feathers on the female are green. Oh, did not know. Okay, question number seven. Yes. A barbule is an infection. The individual spike on a feather, or a species of parrotlet. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm going to say B again, because um, that's what I thought it was, the barbule. Yes. Is that what it is? Yes, a barbule is the individual spike on a feather. Again, Roberta, you are going, you know, seven for seven. Does this mean I get to keep my parrot? (laughs) (laughs) It does. Okay. The bird who played Polly in the movie of the same name was a blue-headed pionis, a blue-fronted Amazon, no, or a blue-crowned conure. Blue-crowned conure. Oh, okay. That I know. <laughs> that she knows. That was Polly. Yes. Okay. Feather shafts are composed of plastic, no, bone, <laughs> or keratin. Keratin. Okay, that so you're absolutely right. But Robert. carotene is made out of what, though? Carotene is also present in human fingernails. It's a, it's a, um, the protein. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, now. Wait a minute. Now I'm going to ask you a really stupid question. What's okay. the name of the? Oh no, no, no! I'm thinking of creosote. Oh, creosote. <laughs> no. <laughs> What's in the uh, in well, your we, fireplace? We, now? we could have had that. Um, we could have had that um, as one of the um, 
One of the answers, I guess. I guess. Okay. Yes. Now, the Long Island Parrot Society's Parrot es- Expo 2008 will take place on July 20th. No. Oh, wait a minute. I don't know. What October <laughs> 11th or December 25th. Well, I would think it's in October. It's always in October, so I have to say number I mean, letter B. October 11th, yes. Am I right? Yes, that's the Long Island Parrot Society's Parrot Expo okay. 2008 will take place on October 11th in Freeport, New York. Go to www.liparrots.org for more information. If you love parrots, you have to go to this. I know, it's really great. Yeah. Okay. Roberta, you know what? You got them all right. So you don't really need the tiebreaker bonus question, but I'm going to give it to you anyway in case some of our listeners um, would like to know what it is and um, try it out with their friends. Okay, New York State was among the first to enact a ban against selling wild-caught exotic birds within the state. In what year was this law enacted? 1992? 1996 or 1986? I think, um, I really don't know the answer, but I'm going to take a wild guess of 1996. No. That's not it? Nope. One oh, I had to do that. Although, although you got all the other ones right. <laughs> when was it? New York's exotic bird ban was enacted in 1986. Ah. The Wild Bird Conservation Act, which is a federal law of 1992, banned most imports into the United oh. States. So New York was was ahead of the loop on that oh, one. Good for New York. Well, thank you for playing feather brains with us. Oh, and how um, could you have done that? Oh, I know it's so much fun, isn't it? Yeah, it really is, especially when you have a bunch of people doing it. Yes. So we we hope you've done it too. And make up your own questions and email me some at Susan at PetLifeRadio.com. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back and tell you something about cockatoos. Okay, we're back. This is Susan, your host of Wings and Things here on Pet Life Radio. And as we promised, we're going to talk a little bit about cockatoos. Now, those are the big white birds with the yellow crests, the salmon pink birds with the darker salmon crests, and the all-white birds. Cockatoo owners just love their birds. These gorgeous white, peach-tinted, or yellow-crested creatures are prized for their beauty and loving natures. It is this loving nature that's very often the cockatoo's worst enemy. Never let a cockatoo know that it can get any more attention than it's already getting. This advice came from a friend who's worked in the pet industry for more than 20 years. New and potential cockatoo owners should repeat this phrase daily. They buy the birds, love them to pieces for the first few months, and then real life comes along and they have to leave the bird alone while they go to work or partake in some other time-consuming activity. The cockatoo is bereft and begins to exhibit unacceptable behavior, emitting ear-shattering screams or plucking its feathers. The secret to a successful relationship with a cockatoo may be psychological. Get the bird accustomed to spending five or six hours a day inside its cage in case you have to be away from home regularly. 
because cockatoos crave company, leave the television on while you're out of the house. Cockatoos possess a great deal of beak dexterity and strength. They must be provided with challenging toys and cages with secure welds and locks. Some owners insist that their birds have learned to pick padlocks, so they've switched to combination locks. One sign of a healthy cockatoo is the presence of a talcum powder-like dust on the feathers and beak. Allergy or asthma sufferers are advised to consider another species. Cockatoos are susceptible to cytosine beak and feather disease, also known as PBFD, and should be tested for its presence prior to purchase. Symptoms of this disease include clubbed or deformed feathers, malformed or overgrown beak and nails, and lack of dust on the beak and feathers. Feed your cockatoo a well-balanced diet that includes plenty of fresh produce. Some cockatoos, particularly the rose-breasted, are prone to fatty tumors. These birds should not be permitted to overindulge in fatty seeds or other high-fat foods. That's all we have time for on this episode of Wings and Things. But next time, we'll talk about some of the individual cockatoos. And I want to thank Roberta Fabiano and Ratchet for oh, being here. Oh, we had fun. Thanks for having us. Thank okay, thank you. I'm Susan Chamberlain on Pet Life Radio. This has been Wings and Things, and thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Join us every week on Wings and Things with your host, Susan Chamberlain, and get a bird's eye view of everything there is to know about pet birds and how to make your frequent flyer a happy camper. Wings and Things, only on PetLifeRadio.com.